and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. Joining me today on the podcast is John Ingham. He is the director of the John Ingham Strategic HR Academy, analyst, trainer, and consultant on people and digital transformation in the new future of work, author of the social organization, and creator of the Melded Network HR model. So John, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the podcast with me today. Well, Shari, it's absolutely wonderful to be with you. Thanks so much. Of course. So my experience has been that while HR has a seat at the table now, they aren't always seen as strategic partners. And you do a lot of work in the strategic HR space. So what are some of the first steps HR professionals need to take to be a strategic partner to their business? <laughs> it's, it, it's, not, it's not that easy a question to answer because by the nature of being strategic, it, it, it is sort of understanding what's going on. You know, it's, it's not... Um, you know, if you if you were to ask, how do you get good at performance management? And there's sort of ten things you need to know. Uh, being strategic is is a little bit harder, I think. Um, but it is uh, it's well, you know, understanding the business absolutely, uh, because we were talking about strategic HR rather than business strategy. It's understanding people and organisation as well. And it's you know, it's 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 a big complex uh, area to understand. And, and then having clarity about the different HR processes that can do different things in the organizations in order to provide strategic success. Oh, the, the, the other thing which I think is really critical and, and, and to me uh, isn't so relevant in terms of the first steps HR professionals need to take, but certainly one of the key reasons that I think uh, the HR often still struggles with this is the ambition to make a difference as well. So. You know, in my experience, and, and, and I've, I've worked previously around business strategy. And, and for me, whenever you talk around being strategic, it should be about contributing to the, to the strategic success, the competitive advantage of a business. And I think we often define strategic HR as just sort of supporting a little bit better. I, I think it needs to be different to that. So the, the, the key thing on top of the, the sort of knowledge and tools and so on it's just the ambition to make a difference, you know, to really drive our through what we do with people and through HR. Why do you think that HR professionals get stuck in the tactical side of HR? Uh, well, so uh, I, having been an HR director myself, I understand that none of this is easy. Um, and I, I was very fortunate that my first HR role was a strategic HR role and, and, and sort of learned a lot of this doing that. I then had an operational and, you know, I found it really, really difficult to drive the sort of strategic things I wanted to do just because the operational activities took over. And I think that is a big part of all of this. Uh, I think the, the sort of lack of understanding or the misunderstanding that I talked about before, you know, there's a lot published and talked about around strategic HR, 
suggesting that, you know, we need to understand what the business is doing, get close to the business and so on, you know, sort of align HR with that and support the business to do what the business needs to do. And, and, and that's not strategic HR because we're still, I mean, I think I said it, we, we, it, it, it's fundamentally about supporting the business. And if we're, if all we're doing is supporting the business, then we are still a support function. So it's, 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 it's breaking through that misunderstanding and having the clarity about what we want to do. We're taking the business by the scruff of its neck almost and, you know, and, 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 and having an ambition and an agenda, knowing what we want to do. I mean, there's still everything that we need to do around managing and influencing stakeholders, but the, you know, even if you're doing that well, if you don't have the ambition, if you don't have the agenda that you want to drive your organization forward on, then we've got no chance. So that, that's, that's, that's the key thing. And that, you know, and because it's difficult and because of the pressures of operational HR, you know, all of that is why we, we sort of get pulled back into the tactical side, I think. I really like the point you make about having an agenda from an HR perspective on how to move the business forward. You know, I've read several articles where there's these really cool, innovative things that companies are doing. And it's, I get so jazzed up when I see that the idea or the push came from something that HR saw and really influenced for the business to do. Um, that being said, as HR professionals need to start upskilling themselves in, in what I would call business speak, meaning we're really good at knowing all of the HR terms, but often lack the initiative or the understanding, for example, like around financial terms that connect to the success of our businesses. You know, how do you go about learning that as an HR person? What's your advice to, you know, really start to think differently and, and learn the terms that, you know, CEOs and COOs are using so you can come to the table with the same language? Oh, gosh. Um so, so firstly, I do agree with you. I, I, I agree with you on the need for HR to understand the business and to be able to, to be comfortable with financial terms and so on. Clearly, if, if, if we can't do that, then we're not going to be able to support the business effectively. So it's, it's sort of table stakes for the sorts of strategic conversations, which I think we need to be having. I also loved what you were saying about HR spotting an opportunity and taking it to the business. So that's, that's to me the, the, the key of, of how we make HR strategic rather than supportive. It's, you know, we need to understand the business and align HR to support the business. And we, we need to offer new opportunities to the business that the business doesn't know about based upon our insights about people. You know, we, uh, so we're, we're continually lifting our own perspectives and the potential of the business by spotting those sort of opportunities we we're talking about. So all of that I agree with. And personally, and, and this may not be quite what you were expecting, but I think we make too far too much about the need to understand the business. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, we do. I'm, I'm absolutely not saying that we don't, but it's not the difference that makes the difference. You know, uh, being strategic in HR terms is about spotting opportunities in people and the organization, what they can do, and enabling the business to perform more. So we need to understand the context of the business, but the core of the strategic opportunity is people and organization. Um, so it's not, you know, it's, it, it's, not, it's not all about HR process, and it's not just about the business. It's, it's, it, it's people. Um, 
understanding how people, how, how we can ensure that people are going to be motivated to do their work, um, how we can help them learn effectively, how we can increase their propensity to collaborate. You know, really, in fact, well, really, really difficult questions to answer, but the, the value that we provide, the, the, the extra um, insight that we can bring our businesses that our colleagues don't have, you know, if, if all we try and do imitation of finance, then our businesses have got no hope. We come from a different perspective and we need to leverage that perspective and, and, and ensure that we're up with the latest thinking in psychology, anthropology, sociology, uh, cognitive neuroscience, behavioral economics, and so on, that you know, we understand what the answers are to those really difficult questions around people in our own organizations so that we can make that sort of strategic difference that we're talking about. Uh, and sorry, because I know I've been on a bit of a rant about that because I, I do get excited about this. But the just to finish the point, so yes, we need to be able to show the business that we're able to understand financials and speak the language of business, i.e. finance, currently, or at least, you know, that's been the situation for the last couple of decades. But that language is changing. You know, the language of business is becoming the language of people. Um, fluency in understanding people's emotions and relationships and, you know, all of their needs that they bring to the business and influencing the rest of the business to, to, to get better in that people speak as well. Yeah, so again, it's the same thing. We need to support the business. We need to mirror the business. We need to echo the business. And then we need to change the business. And the change that business needs at the moment is about be, being more people-centric. And, and you know, we should be leading that transformation because we're the people with the skills and the insights in that area. I love what you had to say. And I, I think if you're looking for a quote to tweet from this episode, this is so good. The language of business is becoming the language of people. I absolutely love that. It, it super resonates with me. You know, as I think about how HR professionals are starting to kind of make this change and come to the table differently and make this move to a more strategic role, um, there's so many resources out there. I mean, you've written books and articles around being strategic in HR with, you know, frankly, some of my favorite influencers like Dave Ulrich. We had him on the podcast. Um, and then you went on to create the John Ingham Strategic HR Academy. How do you see academies like yours changing the face of HR? Well, yeah, you know, HR is it's it's such an exciting area to work. There are there are so many new insights and so much new potential and so many opportunities that you know I love being involved in 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 helping HR move forward and and, and take advantage of these. So absolutely, so my writing, my consulting, my training, you know, it's all about sort of helping HR do that, and. So look, so, so academies have a, a, a huge role. Um, I have to say for myself, this is, uh, this is a bit of a tactical response in a sense. So I've been uh, over the last decade or more providing a lot of face-to-face -face training for HR practitioners, uh, mainly in London, the, the, the nearest city to me, but you know, in Asia and South Africa and various other places as well. Um, and every time I stand up to deliver a, a, a training course that I've already delivered, you know, 20 times before, I sort of scratch my head and go, what, you know, in today's digital age, there's got to be a better way of doing that. Um, but I never, you know, it's, it's that 
the the innovators dilemma thing you know how do you stop doing what you've been doing so you get the time to do something differently and i i i never managed to move to a digital approach until the pandemic and then you know i couldn't do face-to-face training anymore so i i was sort of forced into making this work so it, it, it's it's partly a tactical thing but it is strategic too because now that i deliver training um through a digital platform firstly it means i can um reach people all the way around the world uh we we, we do flipped learning so the uh the, the the sessions involve courses which are pre-recorded which people can take in their own time in a very flexible way uh, but then we have study groups based upon the courses where we bring people together and we really optimize the time of people being together by having some you know deep meaningful useful impactful conversations around the things that people have learned in the course um, so all of that is sort of why I think digital academies are going to become uh, uh, more and more important. And particularly in terms of an HR academy, well, I, I really sort of in, in, in all spheres of knowledge and, and professionalism, I think the amount of knowledge we have is growing hugely. Uh, the, the, the speed of production of that knowledge is accelerating. Um, you know, there's still a lot of HR people around who do maybe, you know, a one day course once a year or once every two years. And, and that just is nowhere near enough. You know, we're not going to be in a position where we can answer those difficult, complex questions that are so important to business these days, unless we're investing very seriously in our own development. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that my own academy and, you know, the other academies exist <laughs> um you know we can all play a role in in really helping uh, hr move forward more quickly to invest in to increase and to accelerate the rate that we're developing our our capabilities uh because um you know our businesses need hr they, they need these strategic hr um, capabilities and we're not going to be performing at the level we need to without the support that I and others try to provide. It's so important, your note about uh, HR professionals doing one day a year. I can't tell you how how long in my career I had done that, where it's like I went to that employment law update conference for a day, or I went for a very specific topic. But you're absolutely right. There's so much more. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but you know, HR professionals should be in this constant learning mode, whether it's podcasts or books or academies or online teaching or articles, you know, just be this sponge of knowledge because there is so much that we need to absorb right now so that we can bring it back to our organization. You know, you mentioned some different verticals, you know, psychology being one of them. You know, something that I find really fascinating is this idea of neuroplasticity. And it, it's just one little nugget, you know, that HR can learn about and help to influence some of the stuff that they're doing. So it absolutely resonates with me. As our last question, you know, I'd love to ask you, what's your advice for young HR professionals who are just building their skill set? You know, what should they be focusing on? Uh, thank you. And, 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 and look, thank you once again for having me on the podcast. I mean, um, you know, the, the sort of academy that I'm providing can, can play a significant role in this space. But you're absolutely right that HR professionals should be taking advantage of, you know, all of the stuff being shared on social media and, and, and podcasts are a, a, a vital learning tool. So I, I completely agree with what you've been saying. Um, 
uh, what should HR professionals be doing? And it's, it's um, well, it's, it, it is what we've been talking about. Um, uh, understanding the business is important. So trying to get varied experience across HR, outside of HR, um, and really, you know, trying to focus as much as possible on the way that we know business is going to be done in you know, two years, five years, 10 years time, rather than what is happening today. So, um, you know, it's, eh, learning doesn't all need to be digital. I mean, there, there are some wonderful books out, you know, the, so, you know, I, I'm really, I, um, uh, Gary Hamill's Humanocracy, for example, or Frederick Laloux's Reinventing Organizations, or my own, The Social Organization. There's, you know, the, 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 there's lots of information that can help describe the sort of path, the journey, the trajectory that we're on. Um, so it's, it's having a base in, in, in sort of what matters now and keeping an eye on, on that trajectory as well and, and helping the organisations we work in sort of understand where things are going so that we don't create, you know, old style performance management processes from two decades ago, but we're doing it in a way that's going to help us move in, in, the, in the direction that we've got to go. And look, I mean, we've just said how, how difficult it, this is even for an experienced HR practitioner to, to stay on top of all of this new knowledge. So, yeah, for a young practitioner trying to absorb all of this thinking, I mean that's a it's 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 a huge ask, uh, but the the potential and the the the, the payback of of getting on board of this agenda, you know, because HR is going to be, I mean it is, and it's going to continue to be at the centre of organisation success, and um, you know, young HR professionals have got a, an amazing career yeah really interesting but really impactful as well uh, ahead of them so uh, it's it, it's worth making that investment I think well John you just gave me goosebumps with your excitement so um, <laughs> I, it's so exciting to see what's happening in HR and and what the future holds for us so I absolutely love that I wrote down the books we'll, we'll include those links in the show notes for anybody who wants to check out those books as well as your academy and the work that you're doing so John thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to chat with us Oh, I said enjoyed it. Thanks so much. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.